Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 71. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you guys are staying uh, in tune with the podcast, keeping up with the different episodes that we have going on here. We've talked a little bit about reflecting on the previous year, and then now as we're into the new year, we're looking at ways that we can uh, really launch ourselves into being the best year ever or being uh, a year of growth for you as an individual. So uh, one of my past guests, uh, Jeff Wilkie, who was about two podcasts ago, had mentioned Leadership Tulsa. That's how I met him. And I'm really excited to have on the executive director for Leadership Tulsa, uh, Wendy Thomas, to talk about a little bit about Leadership Tulsa, but uh, talk a lot about community involvement. So a little bit about Wendy. She uh, joined Leadership Tulsa as, as as its executive director in January of 2002. Uh, Wendy is the immediate past president of boards for the Arts and Humanities Council of Tulsa and the National Association of Leadership Programs. She's a frequent consultant to nonprofit board development and strategic planning and lectures frequently about generations in the workplace. Wendy received the Women in Communications 2014 Newsmaker Award and was named Tulsa Business Journal's Women of Distinction in 2011. She also received a Thai Pros Boomtown Award for her role in mentoring young professionals. Wendy, welcome to the podcast. Podcast. Say hello to the audience and uh, tell them a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me on. It's um, always a pleasure to talk about one of my passions, which is helping people get connected to community service, something I obviously try to live out in my own life. Um, I grew up in Bartlesville, not far from here, went off uh, to graduate school and uh, for a career adventure in West Virginia before moving back to Tulsa and marrying a Tulsa guy. So um, Tulsa is an amazing city and I love having a job where I can help uh, both talk about what makes it great and help engage people to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. I am learning so much through Leadership Tulsa about the community that I've lived in for uh, 17 years now. Uh, No, longer than that. Uh, Over 20 years now. Um, And it's just amazing to me that so much goes on in the community that uh, when you're younger, you just have no idea that all these different parts of the community exist, all these different needs in the community exist. And it's really eye-opening as you as you kind of go through the program to learn how big Tulsa actually is and how much uh, really cool stuff it actually has going on. Yeah, so you're part of the great 58, right? That's right. Best the greatest, ever. best class ever, I think, is what we've uh, we've been told by all the other classes. They say, "Wow, I wish I was in 58." I, they always ask me which one's my favorite, and it's usually the one that's uh, underway right then, right? Because I. <laughs> 
best people in Tulsa who bring the best of who they are. And we explore the city together. So we use the city as a classroom. Uh, we actually organize um, the Leadership Tulsa class geographically. So we make sure we get people north, south, east, west. Uh, next month, you guys are going to be going to the Tulsa Port of Catoosa. So we go uh, northeast to far northeast. And Tulsa has an amazing story to tell. And there's a lot of parts that make it all work together. Um, you need uh, education, government, social services, health care, um, the arts. Um, it takes it all to make a really, truly vibrant, successful city. Yeah, well, uh, if you if you don't mind, talk a little bit more about like the purpose of leadership Tulsa. Let's let's talk about that first, and then I definitely want to dive into the community part of, of what the program is. But if you were to kind of uh, if, if you were to meet somebody maybe outside of Tulsa uh, that hadn't heard about this organization, what would you tell them? Yeah, so the mission of Leadership Tulsa is to identify, develop, and connect diverse leaders who impact our community through service. And we've been doing this for more than 40 years. And um, to roll it up into a short phrase, I say that we help uh, leaders such as yourself build the knowledge, the skills, and the connections to make a difference. So knowledge about our city, its history, its impacts, its uh, current opportunities and challenges, skills like serving on a board of directors, uh, also some of those softer leadership skills that aren't always covered in school classes, and then the connections, which is a huge piece of what we do. Um, the better connected you are, the better chance you have um, both to fulfill successes in your own life, but also uh, to be able to fulfill dreams you have for our larger community. If you don't mind, I want to talk a little bit about what you just said uh, about like leadership skills not really being addressed in a, in a formal education. And I know that's a little bit off topic, but I love that you brought that up because you would think that that'd be something that we would be really putting a lot into today's youth. And, and for some reason, that doesn't happen. Talk about, if you can, uh, why you believe that's so important and why you've uh, used uh, Leadership Tulsa as, as a vehicle for that. Sure. So Leadership Tulsa starts with the premise that um, leadership isn't just a position. Sometimes because of a position, you might have a leadership role, but that leadership really is a moment of accountability. And um, so anyone in our city at any time can serve in a leadership role. You have the opportunity uh, through your advocacy, through your actions, through the way you bring people together to address the need for change. And that can be as simple as, you know, in our community, there's a lot of trash and we need to organize a cleanup day to clean up the trash in our community to something really big, like um, our justice system is broken and we have these ideas for how we think we can make it better. Well, I love how uh, Leadership Tulsa focuses first on knowledge, because I think when you know your community and you know what's going on in your, uh, around you, you have a much better understanding of where those needs are. And, I, and, and you talked a little bit about it being a, a, a mobile classroom uh, to better understand that community. When I first thought about it, I was like, great, I'm going to find out the cool places to eat and the fun things to do in Tulsa. But then we started out in some of the areas of Tulsa that I probably would have never gone to or I'd gone to before, and I had a preconceived notion of what those areas were. But once I understood the history of those areas, I had a much better understanding of what their needs were, but also what made those uh, communities unique and, and what made them special. Some people would say that their weaknesses were actually their strength because those are the things 
that define them and they use those to motivate and leverage uh, the resources they have to, to take them to that next level in community. Yeah. So um, one of my colleagues in leadership work has a great phrase that I just love. It's like, you can't lead a city you don't love and you can't love a city you don't know. So we start with knowing the city. And you're so right. You know, we use this shorthand in Tulsa all the time, North Tulsa, East Tulsa, West Tulsa, Midtown, uh, Downtown. And uh, some of us have more experience in one part of the community than other. We tend to stay close to where we live, close to where we work, um, maybe venture out, like you said, for the fun restaurants and things. But each part of our community has hidden gems. Each part of our community has challenges. And they have the leaders that are really working to make a difference. And one of the things that we love to do is to model a diverse variety of leadership so that people in the speakers and um, tours that we do can potentially see themselves in those leadership roles. So um, not everyone's going to run for and become mayor of Tulsa or city councilor on the school board or um, some of those formal leadership roles. But almost all of us can get involved at the Tulsa Dream Center or the South um, Tulsa Community House or reading partners. So there's lots of roles that all of us can play. Well, I think it's really interesting that you talked about loving your community. That was actually one of the things that uh, as I was preparing for this uh, and I was doing a little bit of research, I was coming across different uh, different things in terms of community involvement and whatever else. And the word love came up uh, and I wrote it down, love and purpose, because uh, when you ha- when you are a leader and you're involved in your community, people look to those people uh that are getting involved and they look for that motivation. And I think ultimately that motivation is that love for their community. Um, a lot of articles that came up were things talking about the importance as a business or as a business leader to get your business involved in the community. And they were saying things like 82% of the uh, of U.S. consumers consider a company's social responsibility when they're buying or making a buying decision. Uh, and they also said that 86% of millennials uh, greatly value social responsibility when it comes to working for a company, so much so that if they see those programs begin to uh, be cut or taken away, that those people will actually leave the job because they're, that, that's so important to them. So, uh, can you talk a little bit about the role of business and the community together? I believe that the, the business community is ultimately the leaders in the community for, for the most part. But talk about how, uh, how important it is for businesses to be involved in the community. Sure, you brought up um, several really important points. Um, so one of the ways that I look at the community when we're um, planning our class days or our year as a whole is, um, you know, there's three sectors that are like a three-legged stool. There's the public sector, government, and they're supposed to create a firm foundation on what success can uh, thrive, you know, public policies, uh, basic foundational infrastructure on which um, our businesses and um, communities can thrive. Of course, we may disagree over the minutia of that, but that's the basic role of government. And then you have the nonprofit sector, and they fill in gaps that the governmental sector can't fill in, and also they um, help take community resources and focus them 
very specifically. But the third leg, and arguably the most important leg, is the business, the private sector leg. Because without thriving businesses, you don't have employment, you don't have economic vitality, you don't have a tax base, and you don't necessarily even have the um, funders for the nonprofit sector. So any community to thrive has to be focused on the health of all three sectors. Uh, but without the health of the business sector, it cannot thrive. And um, But the interesting thing is, as you enter your chief family and career building stage of life, you suddenly realize that your business can't thrive without a thriving community around it. I love how you brought up the, the stage in, in life because that really is something hopefully that the audience is starting to tune into uh, as they're finding themselves in these leadership roles and they're finding themselves uh, out of college and getting to the point where they realize that it's a lot more than just, you know, how much money can I make? That's success in their mind. They're realizing that living in a successful community that's growing, that's that's thriving, that people are attracted to, that's a form of success as well, just as much as it is being a leader in your home and, and your family and raising kids. And there's just so many areas of success. And you start to realize that it is multifaceted, that it's really important to, to, to take that just beyond yourself and apply that to your community. Because when you have a healthy, thriving community, it's actually actually going to help you as an individual in your business grow uh, to get to the levels and the, and the goals that you're trying to attain. I noticed that in some of the, the communities that we went to uh, for some of the classes that we've had, it seems like every community so far has been in a different phase of growth, whether it be um, it, it, it was it was matured and has died off and, and is now trying to rebuild all the way to the Kendall Whittier district that we were just in. I feel like that one was one that kind of uh, saw the curve coming and then got aggressive to turn it back around. And now you're starting to see some of that, uh, some of that changes. Can you talk a little bit about just our community? Like, would it, would it be safe to say that all areas of Tulsa are at least in some form of a, of a basic uh, stage in their community? Yeah, so I think, um, first of all, that was a really interesting insight from your class and from the curated experience of each of those communities and uh, something I hadn't contemplated before. But if you think about the typical MBA organizational life cycle, you know, you have um, the forming stage, you know, a startup phase, a growing stage, a maturity, um, a crisis and either a decline or if the community can successfully address the crises, an opportunity for a rebirth and new growth and vitality. Um, I think it's really interesting to look at any community in which you're involved through that lens and what kind of leadership it needs at those different times um, might help inform you of where your gifts and skills can best be used. So the kind of leadership, whether it's a business or a community or a faith community or a government needs in a time of maturity is different than the kind of leadership it might need uh, during a crisis or a rebuilding phase uh, or a startup phase. And so one of the things that we also um, ask our leadership Tulsa members to do is not only look at um, the community, but look at themselves and look inward and think about their gifts and talents and how they can be best um, aligned both with their passions, the things they care about, but then with their gifts, the things that they do well. Oh man, you just, you just took it deep with the connection there between your internal self and your community. I love that. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna try to take it a step further then, because I was thinking about the collaboration of communities. We talked about um, when the mayor came and spoke about how he felt like he was in competition with Oklahoma City, and he realized that as he talked to them, and, and he was he was he was commenting how nice it was that they were helping us. He says, you know, it's uh, it's too bad that we're always in competition with with, with each other. <laughs> the mayor of Oklahoma City said, we're not competing with you. And, and it kind of threw him back for a second. He says, no, we're competing with cities like Dallas and Kansas City and, and, and uh, uh, some of these larger cities. That's where our focus is. And, you know, we want you to be healthy. We want Tulsa to be healthy, obviously. But we're not necessarily concerned about you. And I think that changed GT's focus. But I think that's also something, if we're going to take that to the step that you took it at, where the collaboration of the phase in life that you're in or the phase of leadership that you're in, that's where the role of mentors come into play. And that's where the role of organizations that help build and develop leaders come into play because we are all in some form of leadership growth. And sometimes you can accelerate that growth by being around the right kinds of people who have been there and been through that process, which will help you get to that next phase, which you're trying to achieve. Well, that wasn't a wonderful aha moment from GT talking about um, hit the change in his focus to realize we're not um, competing with our suburban communities. We have to collaborate. And then that same thought was echoed with our entrepreneurship panel who said the entrepreneurs that we see that are most successful are collaborating with potential collaborators and say, you do this better. I do this better. Let's go out after a bigger contract together than either of us could handle and each do the piece that we do best. Um, But as you're learning about what your gifts and talents are, as you're trying to find those mentors, as you're looking for collaborative partners, that becomes another great reason to be involved in in your community. Because one of the things you get to do when when you go out and serve in a volunteer role, whether it's on a board of directors or more of a frontline uh, volunteer with a nonprofit in our community, is you certainly make new friends and connections. So you build that social capital that's super important. Um, you get to try on new roles and new skill sets. So maybe in your current job, you don't always have leadership um, duties or opportunities, but you go out into a nonprofit and if you're ready, willing, and able, you can quickly be put into a position of chairing a committee or even chairing a whole board where it's a supersonic skills builder oh, yeah. where you're up there dealing with um, people who are there, um, all volunteers, maybe um, with different um passions and um, reasons that they're there and how do we get this whole group of people aligned to achieve one goal and so you get to build your resume build your skill sets and uh, potentially make yourself more noticed out in the community so that opportunity to collaborate not only makes our organizations and our city and our communities and our businesses better it can actually help build you as an individual leader as well have you ever heard the phrase, you rise to the level of your ignorance? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, <laughs> indeed. But where else, you know, without that, um, w- without the discomfort of hitting that, how are you ever going to grow bigger, right? And so whether it's mentors, whether it's um, – some of my best mentors didn't even know they were mentoring me yeah. because I was watching them from afar. 
I had that opportunity to watch how they handled difficult situations, to watch the grace or lack of grace with which they handled a political rival or uh, a disruptive volunteer. And, um, or how I can even remember um, the first few times as an executive director, I had to introduce myself to an audience. Well, I channeled inside my head a woman leader that I admired in our community uh, to help me get through those moments. So mentorship has lots of forms too. It might be, hey, I'm taking you under my wing. Um, I'm here for you. I'll give you advice. I'll help open doors for you. Or it might be um, something as simple as uh, we emulate that which we admire. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I was kind of bringing that quote up because I think a lot of times uh, certain people will get to a point and they, they just don't know that there's a step above that. And so when you get onto those boards and you get involved and you take those additional leadership slash responsibility type situations, whether it be uh, being on a board or getting actively involved in the committee, I think you have an opportunity to look around and say, okay, the way I've been doing it, there's actually a better way. And I think that pushing yourself out there, like you said, getting outside that comfort zone, uh, that's a topic we love talking about here. Um, But it allows you to see a a different way of doing things. And I really love how, as I'm, as I was doing research for this and I was looking at some of the, just some of the articles out there, like Forbes and entrepreneur uh, had about community involvement. One of the things they were saying that I just didn't think about until I read it was if you have employees or if you as an employee are wanting to uh, work your way up in an organization and you're not necessarily getting those leadership opportunities, go outside the organization. And and what they were saying is you give that that employee that opportunity or, or that person takes that opportunity to expand their leadership roles in a nonprofit or helping in their community. And those skills will actually translate over to the workforce later on. So maybe you're in a situation where you keep uh, hitting that wall and you're like, man, why am I not getting promoted? Why am I not finding myself in these leadership roles? And you're just not seeing those opportunities at work come to fruition for you. I would strongly encourage you. And and Wendy, I think you'd echo this, get outside that organization, find ways that you can uh, have those, I think you called it uh, moments of accountability as a leader in those roles and use those experiences to grow yourself as a leader so that next time when those opportunities come within the organization, if you're still there, uh, then you're going to be a lot more qualified to apply for those positions and potentially get those positions. Absolutely. Or if your own organization can't see that growth in you, then you potentially meet the employers of your future. And But that only works if you're really exercising that sort of proactive leadership um, accountability, that word we were using, where, you know, leadership roles rarely come with a step-by-step manual. You know, we call leadership leadership because it's hard. It's about being out front. It's about figuring out things. Management is about consistent processes for consistent results. But leadership is about change Mm -hmm. on whatever level it is. And so there's rarely a roadmap for you. And so leadership can be really uncomfortable because maybe the first things you do don't work and you have to try again. Some of my best leadership lessons have been in volunteer leadership positions where it was hard. It was complicated. There were a lot of uh, people. There were a lot of interests at stake. And um, finding the path forward is not always easy. So you have to find ways 
to be resilient and to have, whether it's good friends, mentors, exercise, um, all the different things that we can do that help us keep going back when it gets hard. Um, and you have to be creative. You have to say, okay, that didn't work. What else can I try? Um, because leadership is about getting um, positive results um, in, in whatever agency you're trying to um, exercise it. So what is your individual personal agency in that area? You can't control what's outside of you all the time, but you can control your own actions and what actions or words or um, efforts can you make that is likely to get the right kind of result. Absolutely. I love how you boiled it down very simply. Management is about consistent results. Leadership is about change. I don't think I've ever heard it stated that way, but it makes so much sense that you have that leader who's really focused on finding what's next, what's next, what's next. And the management's role is to maintain, maintain, maintain. And so yeah. you got to have that perfect balance. Otherwise, uh, at some point, you, you become uh, irrelevant if you don't follow that change that that leadership's pushing you in. So uh, that's, a, that's a free little nugget. Uh, Wendy there <laughs> completely off topic. Um, but I think that's almost like a whole nother conversation right there because, uh, man, I just, as you were saying that, I'm just like, yes, I am writing that down. Um, <laughs> I will say this though. One of the, one of the things I was thinking about was, you know, when you're in that, um, volunteer type mode or that, that service mode where, uh, you're not necessarily getting compensated for it and, and you're putting yourself out there and you're using your most important resource, which is time, um, that people do notice that. And, and if you're in an environment that's not necessarily, uh, helping you grow as a leader and helping you grow as an individual, um, but you're really feeling that you're making a difference to the nonprofit or the organization that you're, that you're working with, um, one of the secrets that I kind of found out was that a lot of times nonprofits are supported by very well-known businesses and very successful people. And um, I'm not asking for myself, but I'm curious, is it possible that through a lot of the board at, at uh, Leadership Tulsa or do you, uh, even some of the nonprofits, do they come to Leadership Tulsa as an organization or, or do they go to other nonprofits, uh, volunteers and say, hey, we're looking for this kind of person. Uh, if you know anybody, let us know. And does a volunteer's name, do you, I would say it probably pops up sometimes, right? So I'm definitely on all sorts of lists when people are either looking for new opportunities or looking for someone to fill an opportunity. And here's the thing. Wouldn't you rather hire a known quantity, somebody you've watched in action, particularly when they're acting not for the paycheck, but for the love and the servant's heart and seen them do a great job than, you know, to take your chances with the sort of um, resume interview process of a, a complete stranger. Now, if you're looking for specific skill sets and credentials and stuff, obviously that feeds in. But I do think, particularly in a place like Tulsa, so much of the business of Tulsa happens around those nonprofit boards. Now, you don't walk in going, I'm going to make a great impression. <laughs> I'm going to share my resume around with all these people. That'll turn people off really fast. Um, it's about showing up as the authentic individual you are a person who can get results when given a job, does it um, in a collaborative way, um, with a good attitude, 
on time and with a minimum of drama. And if you're the kind of person who can show up and do that, you will be noticed. You are building your professional reputation as you are working in these nonprofit settings. So don't ever mistake, oh, I'm just a volunteer. If I disappear off the face of the earth and don't do what I said I was going to do, it doesn't matter. It may not matter that one time, but um, it could certainly um, change a path you didn't even know was possible. I'll never forget, I was working with one Leadership Tulsa person. She had a big project she was doing. She'd actually gotten some of her Leadership Tulsa classmates involved in this big project. And um, one of the uh, people on her committee wasn't showing up at committee meetings, um, had done a few things that had frustrated her, but he gave a really big contribution to the project. And um, she had a very definite idea of how everyone should contribute in all the same ways. And he wasn't really meeting her expectations and she wanted to fire him from the project. And I had counseled her not to burn that bridge. And a few years later, she came back to me and she goes, I'm so glad you told me not to burn that bridge because we got our project done. It was successful. A couple years later, I found myself in need of a job change. And you know who came forward to help me with that job change and got me my next opportunity? That very same volunteer. <laughs> so yeah, it's a small town. <laughs> it's a big city and a small town all at once. So you're building your professional reputations and you never want to forget that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how you hit on all those different topics because that's exactly what I was hitting on. Don't join it just for the purpose of handing out your resume, but do it because you love it and you get behind it. Yeah. And because of that, other people, I believe, will take notice and see. And then they're going to ask. They're going to ask questions like, hey, I'm looking for this kind of person. Is that kind of person there? Or, or do you know anybody? And they're going to say, you know what? There's this person that comes and he volunteers every single week. He's consistent. He does what he says he's going to do. And he's starting to take more leadership roles, opportunities. You really should talk to this guy. And I think that can be the opportunity later on uh, for you if you're, uh, again, trying to work your way up, trying to find what, what you're uh, – passionate about. And in, in a lot of cases, organizations will contribute towards things that they're passionate about. And if you're passionate about that organization, there's a good chance that your vision, mission, values are going to line up with that company's. And it's going to be a much more happy work environment for you because you're really tuned into something that you're passionate about. Absolutely. And, you know, a great way to get involved in the community, if you're not really sure what that path looks like for you, start with your professional associations or start with an organization like a Rotary Club or a, a Junior League or some of these organizations that are created to help you get connected in the community. Um, think about professional associations. Um, my early leadership path often was volunteering to be the secretary on the board, not Everyone likes to be the secretary on the board. It didn't bother me to do it at all. But you know what that was? It was a servant leadership because nobody wanted to do it. But it got me an immediate path to serving on the executive committees of those boards. So when I was up for a job, one of the people I served on a board with called my potential employer and told them, definitely look at this person. She does a really great job. So um, your professional association, junior leagues, rotaries, organizations like yours, um, organizations like Leadership Tulsa, there's lots of avenues to get that first step. Tulsa's Young Professionals, another organization that's a great first step. In our last class, uh, we talked a little bit about advocacy and we talked about 
um, you know, the importance of uh, finding something you're passionate about and, and how that's translated through advocacy. And I feel like uh, the program itself and a lot of things you do, like you're, I would say that you're a, a definition of, of an advocate. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of advocacy, especially as you're in, in a leader in an organization and, and you're seeing these needs in the communities and, and how that kind of ties into being involved in your community? So one of the things you talked about um, earlier when you get involved in the community is make sure you're doing something you're passionate about. Because if you're trying to step up and do something that your boss thinks is important for you to do, you may or may not do a great job. And a lot of that will come down to how much do you personally care about it. So first of all, there are the things that you care about. Um, you know, do you care about education and children's issues? Um, do you care about the arts? Do you care about economic development? Do you care about historic preservation? Do you care about domestic violence? Is there a disease that um, hit your family? So first, and, and, and you want to help combat that disease. So first, you kind of look at what are the things that touch you? And you can get involved there. And if there's nothing that currently touches you, sometimes you can think about the people you care about that you want to help them achieve their goals. So maybe you get involved in something that's really important to a good friend. So that's part of what we do during Leadership Tulsa is help people identify their areas of passion by introducing them to a lot of things. The other thing um, that you can do is, you know, you can advocate for people, you can advocate for products. We advocate for things every moment of our life. If I put out a Facebook post saying, boy, I just had lunch at this restaurant and it was amazing, go support them. That is an act of advocacy. It's a low level act of advocacy. It doesn't take a lot of effort on my part to do. Um, All the way up to the people who put their lives in the lines, our uh, police officers, our firefighters, our military, who uh, believe so strongly in an idea, um, our Constitution, um, our great American society, that they put their very lives on the line uh, for our safety and protection. So you can advocate at all of those different levels. And then you really have to look and see what your personal gifts are in a role for advocacy. How are you going to be most effective? I happen to be a great organizer, so I often do play my role out um, being involved on nonprofit boards, doing it through the nonprofit sector, bringing people together because I have a big social um, social capital network. You know, that's my gift. Um, I happen to be good at strategic thinking. Um, but a great way to find out what your gifts are is to take um, the Gallup Strengths Finder. Mm-hmm. And so if people haven't done that, it costs about $15 to get the book, Now Discover Your Strengths. And you can actually find out what your strengths are if you don't know. Well, I appreciate you talking a little bit about advocating for that, if you don't mind. Um, But uh, it's just one of those things that I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed with the idea of, well, I know I need to do something and I'm yeah. not sure what it is. And I just, I just got to kind of figure it out. So strength finders is a great place to start with that. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about whenever um, we were going through, um, going through leadership Tulsa and, and in my process of becoming a leader is that in my twenties, I always felt like it was somebody else's job to make the changes, uh, to attract new businesses, to take care of the schools, to make sure the teachers were getting paid enough, uh, to make the area more business friendly. But now in my thirties, I'm realizing that I'm the person that I was waiting for. And I think that that was kind of the goal in the very beginning. And I think the earlier you can realize that, uh, and the more you can find out about yourself as an individual. So that's why we have the podcast learning about what you're passionate about, what your purpose is, what were you created for that kind of stuff. 
then you can take that and plug it into your community. You can plug it into your business and your community. And as you do that, everything rises with it. And and when you're really dialed into uh, your passion and your purpose and you're finding organizations that you're helping, it's just, it, it completely changes, I think, I don't know if mood is the right term for it, but when you're really aligned with those things, you have you have more energy, you have more life uh, driven behind you. You've you've been with Leadership Tulsa since 2002, so if yeah. I'm going to do the the math backwards, that's 16 years. That's, yeah. uh, that seems like a long time, but I'm, I'm venturing to say it it went by in an instant for you because you're wired into something that gives you energy, that you're wired into the things that you're passionate about. And as a result, you've had a very successful um, uh, career for uh, for what you do. And, and I would venture to say that this is something you're going to do for a very long time. Yeah. And um, even a surprise to me, because there's a Venn diagram that goes around the internet. Maybe you've seen it. It's like uh, where, you know, what you're good at mm-hmm. and what people will pay you for and what you enjoy doing aligns with what the world needs. That sweet spot is your purpose in life. And so figuring out your personal gifts, finding a place that aligns you with those things that you are good at and that gives you a sense of purpose, um, that gives you a sense of contribution. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and that that's different for everybody. So there's some people who can work a job that they kind of hate and where they get their sense of meaning and purpose is they're super involved in their church or their kid's school or they're a marathon or, or, you know, they have a big extended family and that's where their sense of purpose is for me. And for a lot of people, that sense of contribution comes from leaving the world just a little bit better than you found it. So, um, Programs like Leadership Tulsa can help you gain the tools and the connections if that's one of the things that lights you up, like it lights you up, Evan. You know, what do you what do you care about passionately? And is that an individual pursuit? Is that something that can align you with what the world pays you for? And thank goodness for me, I found that. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it something that you find and do in your volunteer time? Um, I know, uh, you know, Leadership Tulsa member who has a passion for helping people find jobs. Yeah. He owns a business, um, but in his spare time, he helps with a ministry at his church to help people who are in job transitions get the support and um, assistance they need to make those job transitions. You know, I know people who care desperately about the homeless, and they get involved with uh, Tulsa Nightlight, um, mm-hmm. which goes down and washes feet and feeds and make sure people have dry socks. And so that's what they do on their own time. But I know other people uh, like me who um, their work aligns. You were talking about Jeff Wilkie. Mm -hmm. He loves helping people um, develop leadership and a strategic vision for their life. And so whether he's doing that as a volunteer for Leadership Tulsa or in his work as a trainer, consultant, leadership consultant uh he's equally lit up so um yeah what a great set of questions and sometimes over the term of your life things change i often say that um leadership tells is great for people at four times in their life when you're a young professional and you want to see it at the table and you want to see how it all works and you're excited to be noticed when you're in that career and family building stage that you and i were talking about 
where all of a sudden you realize that the health of your business and the health of your family depend on the health of your larger community. When you're an empty nester and then all of that time you spent um, being involved in kids' activities and kids' schools and things like that is suddenly free and you go, oh my goodness, I'm a grown-up. What else do I want to get involved with? And then as people are cycling late, late in life um, into, uh, you know, maybe their career is done or maybe they're downsizing their career, but they've got all these gifts and skills and they begin to think about what else they can use that for. That's great. I, I have a, a little bit of a self-serving question that I have to ask you because I'm in the yeah. middle of Leadership Tulsa right now. Yeah. Uh, so that, so, that, so my, my question to you is, Leadership Tulsa is like a 10-month, 8-month class uh, that, that goes on through the year. You do two classes yeah. every single year. Um, but what's next? What's What happens after Leadership Tulsa? So that's kind of the... Uh, the, yeah. uh, the that's the class that you go to you you learn you get the knowledge you connect you ha- you you refine your skills what, what's the charge what what, what do you kind of uh, release people into the back into the world with I sort of say go forth and lead and <laughs> what that looks like for each person is a little different from leadership Tulsa's perspective we have six programs now that are different doors into our community so some people after they finish with one of our programs will decide to look at other programs and for each of our programs if you think about um, the skills piece, the knowledge piece, and the connections piece, each program dials those up and down a little bit. So we have a program called New Voices, which is is specifically to increase diversity on Tulsa area boards, and it really focuses just on those skills it takes to being on a board. We have a program called Thrive Tulsa, which is uh, really focused on helping build leadership for some of the most underserved parts of our community, and it really dials up the leadership development piece. So we work with a group um, called the Kansas Leadership Center, who brings in a really robust um, leadership curriculum to help people think about how they lead in groups particularly Um, so we have different programs we have a community and police leadership collaborative which brings police officers and community members together to gain knowledge about each other's worlds and appreciation for the complexities of um, that but then um, after you graduate from leadership Tulsa you become a member or an alumni of leadership Tulsa and we do um, ongoing programs to help people continue to build knowledge skills and connections so just in the coming months We have um, luncheons featuring speakers like uh, Sophia Pappas from uh, Best Tulsa, which is the Birth to Aid Initiative at the George Kaiser Family Foundation. We're going to go down to the Hardesty Arts Center that the Arts and Humanity Councils runs, often called the AHA. Mm -hmm. We're going to learn behind the scenes uh, on a really exciting new exhibit they're putting in there. Uh, We have a Hispanic Cultural Competency Workshop, so we're asking people um, to come out and maybe gain some skills to better serve this really growing part of our community. We're going to have a Women's Leadership Summit in the summer or late spring. So we're constantly looking for ways to help people continue to connect and develop. Um, And then what's next? So um, more than half of our current city councilors are leadership Tulsa graduates, many elected people, both at school boards at the state level um, have been through leadership Tulsa. Um, But even So those are the most visible leaders, but I think just as important are the number of leaders that go on to serve um, big and small nonprofits in leadership roles. They'd be presidents, they're the kind of people in their communities that are stepping up, 
not just willing, but hopefully more able, more educated, more thoughtful, um, more interested and willing in hearing all sides and all perspectives as they're managing um, uh, change. Because change is the one thing that never changes. It's a constant. <laughs> Wait, did you just use the word in the definition? Hold on a second. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're confusing me. <laughs> Well, I, I want to give you – we need to kind of wrap this up, but I want, to, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people how do they get involved with leadership. Tell us how do they find you if they want to become uh, one of the class – obviously the greatest class ever, the best class ever. Class 58 is closed. You can't be a part of that. But I think 59 just got accepted, and then so I guess 60 yep. will be the, uh, the one that people could apply for. So how do they, how do they apply for yep. that? So um – our website is leadershiptulsa.org, and you can get on there. You can find my contact information. Uh, you can look under the news items that we have um, for we will soon, probably after February 1st, announce the applications open for Class 60. You can find information about how to come out to our Good News Summit, which is on February 1st, or to any of these other programs that I was talking about. And um, so almost all of our classes have a competitive application process. That means you may or may not get in on your first application. And so often it has to do with the fact that we always try to have a diversity of sectors represented, diversity of age groups. Um, but if you aren't accepted the first time you apply, we always encourage people to try again. And they can talk to me about um, ways they can improve their um, their application form. So it's a application due in April for an August program start for class 60. We'll also have a fall application for a January program start. And then we have these other programs that are more niche um, focused and including a Hispanic leadership Institute, which we just finished the pilot for and anticipate that we will have a second class of. Well, that's awesome. I'll put a lot of those links in the show notes so that if you're interested in joining or applying for Leadership Tulsa, uh, you can you can check it out. I highly encourage it. I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a part of it right now, and I'm really excited every single month as the classes come up because I get to learn more about my community and how I can get involved with it. Uh, so, Wendy, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. I always give my guests a chance to speak directly to the audience, uh, and, and it's a little area that I call um, uh, what your message would be to young business leaders. So you know the audience, you know who we're trying to reach, uh, if you, you had an opportunity to speak directly to them, what would be your message? So my message is you are gifted. You were endowed by your creator with gifts and talents and skills that this community needs. And I encourage you to go out and explore your passions and your talents, uh, but always do it remembering you're building your professional reputation um, and that uh, as you give, so will you receive. Awesome. Thank you, Wendy. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. 
where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.